Welcome back to James Talk Podcast. Today is Tuesday, February the seventh. Back into the podcast. Back again, y'all. It's been a week. We had a little had a little hiatus. As Jason I like had a hiatus. It. Joe was like, oh, let's podcast. Oh, let's podcast. Come on, podcast. I was very excited to podcast. I wanted to react to everything that happened, not this past week, but the weekend before. But you just need a little bit of time, and I wanted to respect that. And I also couldn't do the podcast without you because one of us had a real stake into how one of those games went. And it just wouldn't have felt right if you, I managed to do a podcast without you, even if it was with somebody else or by myself staring at a wall. So I just felt like it was better, even though it sucked not putting out a podcast last week, even though we still had six, um, I think like six uh, downloads, which is very nice. Thank you for anybody that listened. Um, we still have people listening, but it just didn't feel right to have to do the podcast and react to all those games without you. So we're back and a lot of things have happened. So we're going to pretty much spend this whole time, probably not talk about the Super Bowl as of yet. We'll probably wait for another podcast this week here in the next day or a uh, couple days or so but I just kind of want to react to those, uh, those conference championship games as well as react to some NBA stuff that's going on which has been a minute for us since we really talked NBA like that um, the GOAT retired we'll also get to that as well um, and a couple of things here or there LeBron going to break the scoring record here in the next either tonight or tomorrow night so there's a lot of things to talk about um, so let's just get to it we'll start with it's kind of crazy We'll do the NFC Championship. We'll do the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. We'll start with the NFC Championship game, the one that kind of doesn't really have all that much to it. Um, the Eagles won that game 31 to 7. Well, we both thought the Eagles would win that game, so good for us. We bet pretty well. I didn't bet all that well. I bet the Eagles to win, um, but even I couldn't have saw, seen this game going the way it went. Um, 31 to 7, a route by the Eagles. Let's be honest, this was partially because. San Fran, with their terrible quarterback issues, um, pretty much comes again. They've pretty much had their guy this last couple uh couple weeks. These last couple, couple weeks, weeks, they've had the guy in Brock Purdy, and he has been that guy. He's been Sorry, playing very well, and he's just he's been very good, and he deserves his kudos. And he's been doing what what he no got hurt again though. Things he can do, not again, but, but he hurt. got hurt. Brock Purdy during this game, uh, he could not grip the ball. I think this was at like right before halftime or something he, like that. I think it was early, early. Uh, it may have been right before halftime, but it was pretty early. Um, he got hurt, and then they brought in the fourth string quarterback because technically Brock Brady was a third. Yeah, so fourth they, string quarterback then gets concussion, and then and he can't play, so they have to go back to Brock Purdy. But Purdy's who can't not throw. able to really do anything, so he's kind of just like he's kind of just there. He's not really doing much. He's just there. I just don't know how you only have two quarterbacks dressing. Uh, because all their quarterbacks are hurt. I, I get that, but I'm saying, why didn't they bring somebody else in? Like, there's no reason. Who else to... can they bring in? By the time Garoppolo was hurt, it was week 10. Oh, no, I get that, but I'm just like, you still have to do something. Practice squad guy, somebody, because, like, the fact that the it happened. The fourth stringer was the practice squad guy. Yeah, but they but those are the only two left. You have to have a third. Are you saying your quarter, your team has five quarterbacks ready? We had three. Two I didn't want, but we had three, unfortunately. Yes. Guess what? They were on their third. You're saying you have two more? No. One of them's a tight end. You know he is. But that's the thing. That's they the didn't thing. even have that because they went back to Brock Purdy who couldn't throw. Because their backup was Christian McCaffrey. Because guess what they weren't ready for? Both quarterbacks to get hurt. You're telling me in a season you're ready for all four of your quarterbacks to get hurt. It, sometimes it happens. Without fail. All four. It, that, 
you know what? If anybody should be ready for that, it should be the Niners because the Niners have the worst quarterback luck of all time. I just don't get how uh, this no, no, team has gone through it so many times. Every team should have five quarterbacks ready to go. They should have three ready to go, but then you should have a practice squad guy, and then you can at, at any time you can sign somebody from Joe, a, the Joe, different team. Joe, Joe. They did have the practice squad guy. They were out of options. Nobody has more than four quarterbacks on any roster. We can look it up. No one has four quarterbacks. Every team has four and then a reserve. He plays if you need him to. Christian McCaffrey just was that reserve. No team has five quarterbacks at any level. College teams don't have five quarterbacks. Y'all got three on campus, Max. Here's Right? Here's right or I, wrong? Here's where I think the problem was. I felt like they had some crazy amount of hope that Jimmy Garoppolo would end up being healthy for that game because they were saying early in the season there was a chance he'd be ready to play. And because of that, they kept him on the roster rather than putting him on the IR or something like that and then bringing in a different quarterback because they still think they still thought they had a shot at him. So guess what? With him still being on the roster, you didn't have a roster spot to bring in a different quarterback. And even if it's somebody off the street, he could be he could have been just doing groceries that week. If they could have brought somebody else that could throw the football, throw it. I'm saying ball in hand, leave your hand through the air to get to somebody else on the field. That's what I'm talking about. Brock Purdy got hurt and couldn't do it anymore. And even when the fourth string came in, he wasn't on the full either. He's only they were only running. And then after he got his concussion and Brock Purdy came back in, there was no running the football at all. And the Eagles were pretty much able to say, hey, we don't have to worry about anything. We just have to make sure they don't run the football down our throats. And guess what? The Eagles did a great no job. No one has five quarterbacks. I get I, totally I, get, I that. get that. No, I understand. They knew this but situation they should have came five. into the game. I get that. No, I get it. I get it. But they should have had five. This is what you're saying to me. Do you see how, you, you know how stupid you sound? No, I understand what you're saying, and I totally agree, but they should have had five. Are you dumb? Jace, how many quarterbacks they have going into that game? Two. That's what I'm saying. You should have three. Do you, that, that's what I'm saying. Not maybe you don't have five. Just you. You don't have five to start the season. I get it. You start with two or three. But they knew their situation going in, and they only had two guys dressing. Only two guys dressing going into that game. That is where the mistake came. Where are you finding a quarterback in the AFC Championship? It doesn't matter. You can sign literally anybody. Where are you finding a quarterback in the AFC Championship? You're saying there aren't. Un, like undrafted free agents, you're not saying there's guys literally at the grocery store that was a college quarterback that you could bring in and have them come in and try to the learn your AFC offense. AFC Championship, you're finding a dude who's game ready. You are in the AFC Championship. Let's say the Niners are thinking ahead like this. We're in the AFC Championship. We need a guy who's game ready. That situation's been We like need that him to know weeks. the offense in a week. Jace, they've only had two quarterbacks for weeks. Since Brock Purdy took over the starting job, they've only Who had two right guys. in the right minds, like our third and fourth string, are both going to get hurt? You need to have planned. You're in a sport where players get hurt. They've been starting Brock Purdy for six weeks. You're saying they couldn't have brought in a guy and had him learn the offense in six weeks? Brock Purdy wasn't starting for six weeks. They've only had two quarterbacks all that time and didn't think to bring anybody else in. I get it. You don't start the year with five quarterbacks, but you know your situation. You only have two guys that could do anything on the field right now. Maybe you should bring in somebody else just in case some, the ca most catastrophic thing happens. Because and guess what? The most catastrophic things keeps tends to keep happening to the Niners in the big games.
yes, I feel like this is a story that we honestly should not have focused this hard on. But the fact, but it is true the fact they should have they should have planned for this. And yes, it is un like uh, what is it? Not something that you can necessarily plan for. But they, know I'm gonna punch you in the face. You only have three quarterbacks in your team. Practice squad, no. Right. I'm gonna punch you in the face. I'm gonna punch you right in the face. Yeah. The fact they had four is amazing. The Bengals have two. Yes, for sure. We have Burrow and Allen. That's it. I. But they've had only two quarterbacks in six weeks. Cause no one in their right mind is like they're both gonna get hurt same game. They got hurt ten I, minutes apart. How is that possible? Again, I, I am just only thing I am really downing them for is to the point where those two guys got hurt and you had nobody that can throw the football. Throw. I'm saying throw the football. Because no Not, one expects them both to get hurt in the same game. Tell me how improbable that is. It is improbable. So who in the heck is going to have a third quarterback? Who's going to have a third one? What the f- What are we talking about? This is dumb. This is dumb. This is such a great conversation. No, I'm, this, I'm done. This is stupid. Who the hell has a third guy? I have three guys on my team. What about Jason Rudolph? You have two. <laughs> you're going to Najee Harris when you're going to him. You know this. You have two. In better news, Nathan Rudolph is leaving. I so don't care. No one has three. <laughs> Especially when you're not already on the third stringer. You're on the third guy. I'm amazed they had a fourth. They're probably the only team with four dudes in their room. The only one. What the you he's you're continuously like, "No, I understand. I get it. I know. I know." But they should have had five. They should have known this. Shut up. Team. Shut up. This is stupid. It's points invalid. No one expected both of them to get hurt in the exact I, same way. No one. By the same dude. They got hurt in the exact same way on the exact same type of play by the same guy. The likelihood of, likelihood of that happening again is one to a billion. It is not possible. To the, I mean the exact same arm and everything. Well, the second guy had a concussion. Exactly. Him. That's the weirdest part because they went down the same. His head just snapped back. Do uh I think it was I don't remember the dude's name. Uh he didn't he caught less of that guy's arm and more of his waist and his head snapped back. But on him, he caught more of Purdy's arm and his head didn't snap back. <laughs> this is stupid. Go on to the next game. I'm done talking about this. Okay. If I, we don't go on net right now, I will leave the podcast. Can I give Jalen Hurts no, his credit? If we don't go on right Eagles. now, I'm leaving the podcast. We are going on right now. I'm done with this. I don't even care about the rest of the game. Eagles won. There. Next Jalen game. Jalen Hurts played well. Don't Running care. game played great. Next game. So you have two Eagles or bullies. Next game. All right. I was trying. Okay. Fine. All right. I didn't think I'd make this mad so early. Even though it was very entertaining still. Uh, it was very entertaining last 10 minutes or so. So I, I definitely thank you for that. <laughs> Bengals, Chiefs. I-, I didn't think you'd be more excited to talk about this than the other game. Um, but we are here. Do you want me to start, or do you? Uh, I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. I don't, don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I'm legitimately not going to talk to you the rest of the night after this, because I'm so tired of this. This is so stupid. <laughs> and we still have to talk about the freaking Nets too. How great is that? We're talking about Kyrie. I don't care. Okay, let let me start. Chiefs won the game twenty three to twenty. Okay, 
Let me start by giving Joe Burrow his credit. You have seven running backs? Seven? Guys go down very easily, man. We had Naj. You have five tight ends. Uh-huh. You, I'm going to punch you right now. I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you. Just go. Go. Okay. I'm going to start this, like I said, giving Joe Burrow a lot of credit. Okay? You have 45 linebackers. You don't have 45 linebackers. Joe Burrow, 26 of 41. 270 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. One of those t- one of those interceptions being really his fault. He had a really bad interception on one of those. 13 linebackers. You have 13 linebackers. You can only put three on the field. Joe Burrow was also the leading rusher on his team because they honestly couldn't do anything in the run game. So it took Joe Burrow to, you know, to break out when he saw some open grass, managed to get some open grass, four carries, 30 yards. That's kind of insane. Um, honestly, the Bengals' offensive line kind of crumbled in this game. I I was the guy that thought the Bills would beat them in the week before, saying that the Bengals' offensive line is a problem and it it won't work against the against the Bills. But they managed to hold up against them. But then when they play to get a t- guy play the team with Kansas City being you know Chris Jones, you start playing some guys that are like some superstar type of people. Chris Jones wreaked havoc. They had three, there was like three sacks on Joe Burrow literally in the first quarter. And I think the game ended with like, I don't know, like five or six sacks in the whole game. Joe Burrow was never really able to get into the rhythm of the offense because he was just kind of running running for his life the whole game. And honestly, with the wide receivers, like they, they made some plays. Um, Chase, obviously, was able to make some big plays, but they weren't able to really get some long sustaining drives pretty much for the most part to really uh, stick with the chiefs. Cause honestly in this game chiefs went up 10 to s- 13 to six in the first half and the chiefs kind of just stayed on top. Um, one of the going narratives in this game was that the Bengals pretty much got screwed over when it comes to the officials, the Bengals were playing against the chiefs and the officials, how are they supposed to win the game? And, um, and I'm not willing to go that far. Um, there were some things, obviously I would have liked to see that the officials would be, like they were calling a lot of tiki tack calls, but they were all good calls. Um, they were all like the those were all flags, right? Would I have liked to see the flags go both ways when it comes to against the Chiefs too? I felt like there was a lot of things they missed. Um, when it came to the Chiefs doing some bad things, they just had some flags that were that should have been called. But other than that, I kind of saw that as the Chiefs were pretty much playing with a hurt Patrick Mahomes. Um, honestly, he. He was able to stand, but he really wasn't, wasn't able to do a lot of moving except for, like, the last play of the game. Well, one of the last plays of the game where he was able to run for, like, God, five or six yards, something like that. Um, He wasn't really able to move. They were down to, like, their last three wide receivers. Like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was their leading receiver in that game. He kind of went off on that game. Um, I felt like the Bengals' defense kind of got exposed because they were playing so well. And then when you play against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you kind of they kind of crumbled. Um. It wasn't like the Chiefs were able to run the football because they they didn't run the football for over thirty yards either. I think their leading rusher was uh uh Pacheco. Uh, he ran for twenty six yards on ten carries, two point six yards a carry. So it just felt like their passing game was the part. Like obviously, your favorite guy, Mister uh, uh, blah blah blah, blah my forget his name now. Uh, 
Eli Apple didn't really help in this game. I thought the secondary was the weakness for the Bengals. You were saying this all year all year long, and it just, just it kind of reared its ugly head in this game. And the front seven didn't do terrible, but I don't think they got as much pressure on Patrick Mahomes as they probably would have liked. Um, they didn't really get a lot of pressure on him. So all that being the case, it kind of seemed like a perfect recipe for the um, the Chiefs to manage to pull off the upset in this game because the Bengals were the favorite going into this. I did bet the Bengals going into this game. You, Jace, obviously you know that. I picked the Bengals on the podcast and everything because I kind of totally turned from the week before when the they beat the Bills when I thought the Bills were going to win that game. So, But the problem was, was that I I think me and you were both saying it all week was that things kind of turned on its head way too fast and it felt like everybody was thought the bill uh, the Bengals were going to win that game. It just kind of felt a little too weird. People were a little too boisterous about it. You had players talking about going to Burrowhead and like all this like the mayor coming out and putting on social media that uh Joe Burrow should put, have a paternity test to see if he's Patrick Mahomes' father. Like all these things come out that week and being you were both talking about it all week like man this is really weird. Like oh, we go from being the guys that are being the hunters to now we're being hunted because now everybody believes we're the better team. And JC were saying all week, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like, I'm not sure. And you kind of called it. And I kind of felt weird about it, but I still, I even put my own money on it. I thought the Bengals were going to win that game. And it just kind of didn't work out that way. Let's be honest. There was the one bad interception Joe Burrow did throw was into double coverage. I'm not sure why he threw that ball at all. He didn't, the safety did not get, well, the corner did not bite on the double move. And he kind of had two people on him, so I'm not sure why Joe Burrow threw it. But I think at that point, he was just trying to heave the ball, try to get some some magic to happen. And that was the kind of the last straw for the um, for the Chiefs to really help them break that game open. And then by the time the Chiefs got the ball at the end of the uh, game, all they had to do was the on the kick return, yes, they got to the 50-yard line. Yes, there was a block in the back. That should have been called, so it shouldn't have gone that way. And then literally the couple plays after that, Patrick Mahomes run for, runs for the first down and then, at the end of the game, I forget what was the defensive end's name. Joseph Osai. Joseph Osai was chasing after him, hit him on the sideline when he's like a couple steps out of, out of bounds already. Obviously, that's a penalty, 15 more yards, and then that pretty much sets up the field goal for him. Joseph Osai got a lot of backlash after the game because they were like, eh, he should have done that. He shouldn't have, but I'm not going to get backlash to a guy that was keeping us in there the last three minutes of that game. Oh, yeah, but also, I also am going to say that there's other like obviously there's a video of a player on his team giving him a lot of flack for it, but I'm like, that's after a game. You're already so mad. You put so much into it the season. It it's over. It is what it like, is. Like it's just he know. knows what he did. He knows he messed up. You could see. You could tell. He knew he. He messed was crying up. on the sideline. Of course he, he was, was crying. And plays happened. He in that in the last three minutes of that game, he was the only person getting pressures. Yeah. He had five pressures in the in the last three minutes. I'm not gonna blame a guy because he thought he was still making a play. He made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Eli Apple, you've been making them all year. I watched you get burned by the <laughs> their bottom three receivers. You got burned by their bottom three receivers, bro. Yeah, they didn't. Even, they did not have their any not their number starters. one, not number two, not Kelsey. You got burned. Well, Kelsey still had a game too, and he but did get burned by Kelsey. Valdez Scantling was monster. you were letting Valdez Scantling, who I didn't even know was a person till now. Well, he was with the Packers. He played very well. With no the clue who he was. I didn't know who he was. He burned you. He killed you. And then him and Mike Hilton were out there just getting penalties left and right. And it is what it is. I I legit first quarter, I was like, we're going to lose. I could feel it. I could feel it in my bones the entire week. I knew we were going to lose. Was, and yeah. it's 
different. You're right. It is different when we're the hunter compared to we're the hunted. Yep. And in that moment, they doubted a player who's a top, who's a top three player, and they doubted a team that's a top three team, and they put them as the underdogs when they weren't the underdogs. You gave them ammo. You gave them the bullet. You gave them material. the will to want to win. Yeah. You put the fight in a team. That team came out fighting. Kansas City wanted the game a little bit more than the Bengals did that. They day. did, and I respect them for it. And I'm, it's a loss. There's not much I really have to say. I'm, I was upset about it, but it's a loss. I, it's different than if we would have made the Super Bowl and lost. Definitely it, less. It I wouldn't have is. got you on the podcast for a month. Of course, <laughs> it is what it is. But it's a loss. A loss. Game's over. Move on next season. I'm in all honesty. I'm excited for next season. You have another season where you're pretty much going to keep most of your team intact. There's more. I I have more. There's there's not like there's less. There's there's stuff to do afterwards. There's some place to improve, and there's more. So I it, it is what it is. I feel like you come at this with a very very even keel sort of a sense to the game. I do. I'm gonna give you a little bit of credit here. I think you yeah you took the the game harshly because it felt like you you could taste it, but it wasn't quite there. Of course, it's the worst, and I've it's different because being in the game last year and it's. You're so you're you you can't you you don't have to taste it you can touch it, I can touch that trophy I can feel it, and then falling short right. is different than I can taste it. I'm not there yet. We still have to get over this good team first. But I also feel like last year it felt like I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get here again. But I think now that you're back this year, I think we you were right there again. I think you just have a better sense of I know we, how to we act have when a I'm there. we have a shot and we I know I know what it is to be there and I know what it's right. like now because. Last year, you you were you said you like I want to tell you to act like you've been there, but it's like you haven't. Right. You like you haven't. So I don't exactly. know how to, I don't I can't tell you that. Exactly. And most Bengals fans didn't know what to do, <laughs> and they definitely didn't act like it this year. I feel no, like and they should have like acted better. We should act like we've been here before because we have, and we went in swinging, and we came. We did not go in. We we went. We were unprepared. Uh, I, not not as a just as a team. Your secondary was unprepared. Yes, as a team and as a fan base, we were unprepared and we were overzealous. And finally, I do have to give you a little bit of credit. Your offensive line was pretty much in shambles. Like, it gave people a little bit of hope how they played against the Bills, but they don't even have nearly the defensive line that the Chiefs had, and I feel like people should have given that a little bit more credit going no, into that No, and I, it, it's, it's different because, of course, any offensive line with time together can gel. Not with two weeks. <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing because it's different. Like, think about the first five weeks. We weren't very good offensive line. Right. But then week six, seven, eight came around. We were, oh, they're gelling. Yep. Sacks weren't being let up. They're doing better. And then you take that out. Play, three players get hurt on your offensive line. It just kind of it puts a big cog in it. And, like, you play well against the Bills. Makes you kind of think, oh, they, they can hold on. And then Chris oh, Jones just has something else to say about it. And the Bills I think, have a good a good defensive line, but not without Von Miller. Von, Von Miller. Miller, yeah. Von Miller is definitely a different animal. And I felt like the Chiefs had that in, in Jones. At what? He's 34? And he's still a different animal? It didn't matter. He didn't. He how was crazy, after how crazy is that? He's thirty four. He's still a different animal. Yeah, it's it's that definitely insane. I just like I got to credit Joe Burrow. He was he still fought throughout that game. I don't think it was a lack of fight. I just felt like it was the the Chiefs just wanted it more. Like they they were the hungry team. They were the ones that felt like they were disrespected, and they kind of were. Not only by Eli Apple talking all of his trash before that week before, but Burrow had comments by your other corner, um, and Hilton kind of saying that making that a thing. Um, and then the and obviously, as I already said, the mayor of Cincinnati. I just felt like they you just kept was signing them, checks, but yeah. no, one, no one could cash them back in. Why did not? Why does nobody learn that you just wait until you finish it 
And then you have a big parade where you can go talk to all of your fans and talk all the trash you want. LeBron knows about that. I'm just feel like you just like you just gotta know. You gotta wait. Finish the job. You know when to hold them and you know when to fold them. And y'all weren't y'all had 23 and weren't folding. Like what are we doing? <laughs> like y'all sitting there with 23 calling hit me. Like <laughs> come on now. Come on. Uh, I'm just. I'm, it is, look, it is what it is. I'm not. I. I really haven't. You're being a good on sport it. about it. Like, cause we weren't the. We weren't ready. We're ready. I could feel it the entire game. We were never able to. Like, we could never fully grasp it. Yep. That entire game with the Bills, we went in shooting and yeah. we never stopped. Yeah. But then I was looking at Kansas City. I was like, they look a lot like how we did in that Bills game. Patrick Mahomes at the eye of the I Tiger. Kelsey, Kelsey with back injuries. They were saying every he may not play. He came out ready to go. They were doubted on at every part. And I every time I said it, I, I didn't say we're going to win. I said we should win. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying you. I'm no, saying just in like general. the rest of the in my heart, general in my population. Heart of hearts, I, knew, I knew we were going to win this game. I felt it. I knew we should win this game. But it, my brain was like, no, nah, we got we to gotta be honest about this because there's many ways we can lose this. And this happened to be, be one of them. And yeah. here's what it is. Not much I can say. Go Eagles. Next game. Okay. But with the stuff going into the offseason now, your team, I'm just going to do a no, little bit No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about it. Next game. Okay. You don't want to talk about the other stuff? Nope. We'll, okay. More offseason stuff as we go. Okay. Fine. Um, We'll kind of get into the other stories. Is then. this the T. Higgins question again? No. I was going to talk about the mixing thing. Him getting in trouble with the law oh, again. Oh, that. Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> You didn't even know what I was going to say before you just shot me down. I, wanna, I was tired of everybody. Oh, Tiggins will leave. Tiggins will leave. I don't care. I'm not going to say. Let me, we let, don't know that. We don't know. They could just they could ball up and pay him. Exactly. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, Jesus, let me just watch my football team. I can't meet A.J. Green, and then I can't do. Uh, A.J. Green retired the other day, and he was at Hollywood Casino where my father works, and I can't go because I'm not 21. Yep. My actual hero. I owned his jersey and everything. Your he first was my favorite hero. Player. Your first favorite player. It hurt. I wrote him a letter when I was in sixth grade. Did you know that? Yeah. I wrote him a letter and sent it to him. He was my hero. And I couldn't go meet him because I wasn't 21. That's painful. I get it. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Final I can't have nothing. Final knife in the back of the season, huh? Yo! He retires. I'm like, oh, cool, good for him. I love him. He's always a bangle. I still have that jersey, but I can't go meet him because I can't get in. Yep. I get it. It, it's, it was no, sucky you for don't. You. you could go in. Well, yeah. You didn't because you at work, but you could have gone in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Screw you. You don't get it. Okay. All right. Fine. I'm. I'm, I'm trying to empathize. Just talk about the thing. Okay. Joe Mixon got caught. If it, was it battery or domestic violence, something like that? No, it wasn't domestic violence. Had a violence. gun. It was, I think it was battery. Battery, something like that. Got caught with the law again. Um, this is not necessarily new because he came into the NFL with a with a charge against him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. And obviously, Mixon didn't really do well in this last game. So it kind of made you question, hey, what's going on here? But when it comes to this having him having this charge on, which feels like it's going to stick, I'm not sure if it's going to come with any major penalties or jail He's time. He's not going to be a bangle. But I just feel like this might be the reason the Bengals are looking forward to kind of offload the contract of his. I felt like there was only like one more year of guaranteed money anyway. So I felt like the last year was going to be his next last year anyway. I just felt like maybe this year they're going to try to get off of that and try to get a rookie running back, obviously, through the draft. 
um, to try to do some things, but I just felt like uh, this may be the first draw. It, it wouldn't even because your team doesn't want to pay somebody. It just been maybe he did it to himself. I just I just feel like when you're in these situations, like like the John Morant situation too. Like when you're in these situations as a high paid athlete, what happened to John? You didn't, oh, you didn't hear about John? No, I'm in Pentecost. Apparently, he was having a fight with the Pacers, and then him and his people were kind of with an altercation with some Pacers people, like in the parking lot, or whatever. They get into the car, and apparently, um, in the car that John Morant was in, there was a laser pointing out of the car at one of the Pacers people, and that made them think that they were feel fearful for their lives. They were gonna get shot. Um, all this kind of blows over and kind of says that the. Grizzlies looked at it and says, hey, there was nothing to this, but they did kind of, uh, he has, John Maria had a childhood best friend that was barred from coming to, he got suspended from the arena for like a year or something oh, like that. Oh, this is the stuff Shannon Sharp was talking about yeah. where he was saying, John Morant, you are not like that. You don't have to be like that. Right. You're doing this He's to impress to be somebody guy. and you don't need to do that. You're a $200 million guy with a Nike shoe deal. You have too much to lose to be doing stuff like that. And I felt like, again, this kind of ties back to Mixon. You have too much to lose. Be doing some crazy stuff like this, and I feel like he might lose his job as the Bengals oh, running back. He's not going to be a Bengal next year. When I like, especially when I can name more games where Samaji P. Ryan was better than you. That and run, when running backs are not a dime a dozen, I can find a guy. I can go out there. Not and even get early a guy. in the draft. You can literally no, do it third, fourth, I can fifth wait round, and I can go get a guy. You are not special, especially him as a running back where he's a mid tier running back. Yeah. That and there, when there's got other guys, I can probably go sign. Like, even if I don't get a guy in this draft, I can go get a mid-tier running back. Hey, run the ball when I need you to. Running back by committee. Especially if you have a guy like Joe Burrow on your, on your yeah, team. Yeah, we're like, we can do running back by committee because, heck, our rookie, our running back from last year, Chris Evans, he was hurt. All year, he was hurt. Yeah, the guy who drafted from Michigan. Where we can do running by committee. It's not hard. We can go get a, a decent running back where he gets a lot of the carries. Right. And then we have P. Ryan and Evans to take all the other carries. Hey, receiving, boom. Like, stuff like that is not hard. Running back committee is not hard. Right. A lot of teams do it. <laughs> no, for sure. I felt, I felt like he just kind of put the nail in his own coffin. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Come off season, he's not a bangle. It's not. He's not a bangle. It depends on how much, how much of a cap hit it would be if it was, the cap hit is too high. Maybe that might end up being a problem. Maybe the Bengals might have to keep him just because they'd rather have him on the team and get some production out of him and pay him the money if they if they have to pay it either way, right? And if it's going to count against their books. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but that may kind of be the first kind of thing, to the first shoe to drop on the Bengals when it comes to how their team is set up right now. They The Bengals do have a bunch of free agents coming out, so not I'm not even going to say T. Higgins, but I'm talking about the other guys on their defense they have being free agents, so. They're going to have some retooling they're going to have to do, especially I think they have like 40-something million in free cap space, but I feel like most of that is going to go to Joe Burrow. Like, I don't think they should wait. I feel like they should pay him as soon as possible. So with a good massive chunk of that probably going to Joe, I feel like they're going to have to do some uh, – they're going to have to be pretty creative in how they fill out the rest of the squad. We only have uh, four. We only have five free agents. Who are they? We have six. One of them is definitely Eli. I think Eli's done after this year. So – Hilton, I believe, also, right? <laughs> is it like a good portion of your defense? No, it's just important. We have no DBs. Oh, boy. We have no second. It's Bates, Bell, Apple, oh, Flowers, yeah. um, Ooh. Davis, Jermaine Pat, uh, uh, Trayvon Williams, uh, Jesus, and Logan Wilson. Ooh. That's a big one. Logan Wilson's a big one, though. 
Yeah, Logan Wilson's. And you got to pay him. Oh, Hayden Hurst. Ooh, we're probably gonna pay him. Yeah, you got a guy like him. You don't think you get to pay him necessarily premium dollars? No, but we could. We could probably pay him. Yeah, for sure. I feel like with a, a tight end, you can kind of fill. You could put any big white guy in that slot and probably still do pretty decently well. Mm. Hayden Hurst is a good, talented guy, but I just feel like I know, but I feel like he's good enough to where we could we could shell out however much he wants. Again, probably. with forty something million in cap space, I feel like the Bengals are going to have to put a decent amount of that towards Joe Burrow. That's very true. Um, but. You know what? The bank, they're going to have a long offseason. We'll kind of talk about things as they come. Obviously, the draft. You're going to be drafting a DB, right? Or offensive lineman. One of the two. DB, right? Mostly DB, if I had to guess. Oh, so my GP Ryan's also up here. Oh, there you go. So that's not awesome. We might have to keep mixing if we don't sign P. Ryan. We could probably sign P. Ryan and not. For cheap. You could probably yeah. sign him for cheap and probably draft a guy. Um, maybe Chris Evans will kind of turn into a running back that can maybe do some things. But if he hasn't anything, as he's been with your team for a few years now. He hasn't really broken. This is the, his second year. Um, I said he, two years, two years. Last year he was hurt. said a few years. Okay, few this is more is than two. year, and he spent okay. the entire year hurt. Okay, all right, all right, sorry. My bad, my bad, my bad. Um, okay, before you bite my head off there. Um, but we'll kind of get more of this things as, as things go on, draft and all that. Um, we'll get into the next couple of things here that I wanted to talk about here. So, um, Tom Brady. The GOAT retires. He is now done. He announced it on February 1st, which is exactly one year from when he retired the first time. Did you know that? I don't really it was care. exactly one year to the day. I am just feel like it's kind of weird that you retire last year for like four weeks, and then you're like, eh. No, it was like three weeks. And he's like, eh, I don't want to retire. I want to come back. And then literally the next year, he's like, hey, I'm retired now, and I think this is it. So... And it's kind of weird. You're not really going to be hearing too much from Tom Brady because he's not even starting his – he's not going to be starting the uh, Fox deal until not next season but the season after. So you're not, you're not honestly not going to be hearing a lot from Tom Brady for the next year or so. So it's not that you can kind of like keep him around and be like, hey, we're going to celebrate you as the best quarterback of all time. So all that being the case, GOAT sucks that uh, now J.J. Watt won't have his own Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, his Hall of Fame ceremony is not going to be jacked by Tom Brady, <laughs> so I kind of feel bad for him. But at one point, it was going to oh, be yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. JJ Watts retiring. Yeah. Oh, neat. So all that being the case, I feel bad for JJ. He's not going to have his own. Be him being the best player in his class. Um, JJ, but, JJ Watt was the best offensive player for like six, seven years. They, I think somebody tweeted out like that draft with like a bunch of guys that are like mostly like AJ Green. J.J. Watt and like a bunch of other picks in that in that uh, draft, like some really good guys coming out of that draft. Yeah, Julio Jones. Julio, yeah, Julio as well. <laughs> what AJ was five, Julio was two. Yeah. So all that being the case, I just Tom Brady. He kind of ruined my my years as a Steelers fan for yeah, a lot well, of that time. For me, I was trash. I don't. Ha- I never hated the guy. Um, he had t- he had Belichick for a while. Managed to go to the Buccaneers. I, the only thing I have kind of been i've been against him for a while is the fanfare of it i just felt like for a long for the longest time everybody's like as a 40 something year old he's still the best in the league and i'm like there's been some fall off little by little it may not have been drastic some. especially this year no I'm saying, he can't he couldn't throw especially this year is a big fall off but like the years before people were talking like he was the same guy that he was when he was in his 20s that wasn't the case he, oh. he, like and the guy obviously didn't want to be hit and i felt like that was exacerbated this year to where he looked like he wasn't a guy that was willing to take the big hits anymore to get the best play possible and i felt like that was the last straw i felt like even he knew 
that if he wasn't willing to do anything, everything possible to win these games, and I feel like he knew that it was his time to go. And uh, as much as I like to make the jokes that it was about his marriage and he lost his marriage because he came back, I felt like his marriage had a lot of other problems, and the fact that he came back just kind of was the last straw. Um, and I feel like now he can go, you know, live his best life, go get a 20 year old wife or something like that. Um, be the father, father to his children, maybe get away for a little bit, not necessarily be in the limelight as the a la best quarterback of all time playing in the NFL. So good for him. Congrats to him. It'll be weird going into next season. Cause now there is a whole string of quarterbacks that really dominated they're all gone. my early youth as a court, as a football fan. They're all gone. Now they're all gone. Him, you had uh, obviously Peyton Manning gone. You have obviously my quarterback, Big Ben gone. Phillip Rivers gone. Matt Ryan looks like he's going to be gone very soon. I feel like he should retire because he was absolutely garbage this year. Um, like you're going to have a nice Eli Manning gone. I feel like there's like there's a nice little nucleus of quarterbacks. Oh, Joe Flacco's still here. <laughs> you know, we always look forward to that. You know, he does one quarter. No, 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 no. I'm not including Joe Flacco in that. I'm not. I can't. I he is, can't. He is a chip, bro. He has a chip on you. One chip. On and he's your Joe head. Fluco. On your head. He has a. Look at him. Look at him. Right here. Right here. That's yeah, what you. I know. Your team lost that year. Right there. Yes, I know. Right I there. Know. You see it? Yes. Wow. Why'd you have to do that to me? Is Just because I, I can. I so can. And I want to. And I want to see you cry. I'm not right gonna now. Cry. Just I'm not cry. Gonna... No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> So, congrats to the GOAT. He'll go down as, like, one of the, he was actually the best quarterback. I have to continue to talk to you the rest, the rest of this podcast. He'll go down as the best quarterback to ever throw the football. But I would kind of contest greatest, not necessarily best. There's a difference. There is a difference. He is the greatest QB of all time. Most decorated QB to ever put on a uniform. He is the greatest QB of all time. He's not the best. But not Q- the best. He's not the best. I will give you not this. Not the best. He is the GOAT. The GOAT. But it, what what you were saying earlier, where Marino threw the ball better than he did, of course. <clears throat> Peyton Manning was better regular season quarterback than him, of course. But you can't deny his winning. I can't. No, you can't. And that's where it is. That's where people like get it misconstrued of every like, oh no, he's the best. I'm like, ah, uh, best in in greatest are two different things. He's There's the greatest more QB. Guys to do what he does. Yes, he's the greatest QB. He is not the best QB. There's guys much more talented than he is. Like, Marino's a good one. He Marino could probably throw the ball in like no one else. I'm just saying, give... Uh, there's a lot of the quarterbacks that you can kind of put in Tom Brady position that would win more than a few of those Super Bowls that he got. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's a, that. And honestly, I'm not saying that to down Tom Brady. I'm just saying when it comes to the fanfare that he gets for everything that he is, I just feel like you have to have a little bit of truth in there that, you know... He had a lot of pluses in his career that not other got not a lot of not a lot of other guys had. He was in the AFC East with the Patriots that they pretty much had if five, if not six guaranteed wins every year. It was a guaranteed playoff, home playoff game for them, if not home throughout the playoffs, because of those how easy their own division was. <laughs> and then you have to play against other teams that had to fight a lot harder throughout their season because they don't have to play. The Jets, who have been pretty Real much quick, garbage his whole you career. You said that earlier before the podcast, and I was like, dang, he's kind of right. Miami, who was pretty much garbage. You. Miami like put up a little bit of fight sometimes, but they really weren't that good. And then I said the Jets, and then Miami, 
and then the Bills. The Bills honestly have not been good until like the last like four or five years. Like so, otherwise, like three. <laughs> like three. Yeah, but I'm so I'm like otherwise you, they they really have dominated that posi- that that whole division, which really led to a lot of the success that Tom Brady was willing to ha- that was able to have. But still, like the fact that he got there and he did what he had to do, and he had three Super Bowl losses, and it should have been more. Like, but yet again, again, you can kind of recount that and like kind of tell this narrative how you want to spend the narrative how you want to for those games. But he has those wins. He's the most winningest quarterback ever. But I will contend there is a lot of other guys when it comes to if you got to pick a guy off the street, there's other guys I'd pick first before him. But maybe that adds to the magic is that a guy that isn't necessarily the most talented to ever do it. Was a was the guy that was able to, not only with his smarts as be able to know the game, but also with him being a little bit selfless when it comes to not always being the highest paid quarterback. Like there was a lot of he has a special formula to him that allowed him to be the guy that he is, and that is the goat that you just have to give respect to. Because I feel like if Ben would have given up some money through, sometimes throughout his career, we probably could have had more championships too, and it didn't work out that way. And that's why Tom Brady's the goat. Is what it is on that. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. It is Liz Latobi stays retired. I'm, I I can't do any more Tom Brady, man. <laughs> what I don't get, I never when he came back this year. I'm like, what is there for him to gain for another Super Bowl? Like, obviously he's not going to get that. And I felt like he kind of looked at his landscape when before he retired this year. Like, look, dude, San we're Fran, done. Like, we're yeah, done. we're done. I'm done. Uh, he's he's 45. He said he played till 45. He made that the, he made that happen, and that's it. Um, let's see. Other things I wanted to talk about NFL-wise, Rodgers still kind of undecided where he's going to play football next year. I feel like he's, I feel like him and the Packers are either going to pretty much ether this whole thing and burn a bunch of bridges, or it's going to be a nice, easy transition and they're going to trade him. Because I feel like he's kind of done there, and I feel like they're done with him. I feel like that honestly can go either way. Um, because the money they're going to have to pay him, it's kind of insane if he stays. If he goes, they can get a little bit of reprieve and kind of hit the reset button on them re uh refreshing themselves try to build another dynasty for them not dynasty but build another a different uh come to a new what is it not legacy um a new version of themselves make a brand new team to kind of go on to the next journey right without having a guy like Aaron Rodgers and also giving Aaron Rodgers a chance to go ahead and you know try to live out the rest of his career and trying to win a Super Bowl somewhere else. A lot of the Raiders have been talked about. The Jets have been talked about as a good place for him to go, potentially. Um, Raiders, Jets, Niners, potentially, if Brock Purdy, they say he's going to be out for the next six months. So depending on how that goes, they might need a quarterback because Jimmy G's definitely not staying there. So, um, And apparently they're not all that high on Trey Lance. I think you're kind of you're alluding to that, but I feel like it's kind of coming out that way now. Um, all that being the case, I feel like there's going to be a market for Aaron Rodgers to be kind of be the the big fish between him and Derek Carr. I feel like, and they said Derek Carr is um, going to look at the Saints because apparently they're looking to try to potentially trade for him. You know, the Saints, you know, Derek Carr uh, might not be bad. Give Chris Olave, Derek. Uh, I said Derek. I was about to say Garrett. Uh, give Chris Olave, Derek Carr, and Mike Michael Thomas whenever he's there. That great defense. The defense has always been good. That's not. That's not terrible. Not terrible. I don't dislike Especially that now that there's a ta- That's power not vacuum. That's a bad take. Especially since now there's a power vacuum in the NFC South. Like, no more Tom Brady for the Buccaneers. So I feel like now there's a power vacuum where if they could get a guy like Derek Carr, they could instantly be the best team in that division. So, like, all that being the case, and obviously the Panthers are going to have to draft a quarterback, and then you have the, uh, what is the other team? 
Falcons. Falcons who are going to be, you know, transitioning as well. So I feel like if they can get a guy like Derek Carr, I feel like he can really make them a team that can be reckoned with. I feel like the Red Rifle really isn't doing it for them anymore. And I felt like they'd never really believed in Jameis Winston for whatever reason, even though I felt like he was a very talented guy. Um, but it's very weird. But if they can get a guy like Derek Carr, he can really kind of... He could change that team, but then again, if the Jets get Derek Carr... Also very dangerous. Also very dangerous. So, like, I if he go, if Derek Carr goes, I'd go... If Derek Carr goes to either of those teams, it'd be dangerous. Very much so. Um... I got straight bush mouth on that sentence. Got I got hey, none that, of it out. That was that was very amusing, if nothing else. I'll give you that. Um, anything more NFL stuff I want to talk about here? I'm just taking a look here and make sure I'm not insane. Um, news. Oh, Pro Bowl stuff. I'm not gonna lie, I was pseudo surprised. It was more entertaining, but I've I've always kind of liked the flag football stuff from like the high school circuit. Those are always fun to watch. Um, but it wasn't wasn't terrible. I didn't really hate it, so I kind of had to mention that real quick. Let's see. Obviously, there's coaches that are high. Oh, Sean Payton, now with the Broncos. Oh, did you know that? Or, no, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, they're trading for Sean Payton. I think they're trading away their first-round pick and then a second next year, I believe, and then they're going to be paying him $17 million a year. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Oh, so you obviously didn't know, huh? <laughs> Yeah, Sean Whoa. Payton. Whoa. 17 mil. This all started when freaking uh uh why am I forgetting his name for the for the Raiders? Uh oh man. John Gruden. John Gruden got paid 10 million a year. I feel like the kind of doors got blown off of it. So now coaches can get paid whatever. So all that being the case, now Sean Payton's getting paid 17 mil a year to try to come in and maybe fix Russell Wilson. He already has he a can't fix that dumpster fire. He already had a press conference where he's saying Russell Wilson can't have his team um in our facility anymore. And I feel like he's gonna try to stomp his foot down and say, Hey, Russell Wilson, you have to be one of the guys now. And I feel like little too little too late. I feel like it, Russell Wilson has now been a diva as a quarterback over the last few years where he doesn't really connect to anybody. And I felt like you're not really gonna just whip it out of him and just I well, that's a really bad thing for me to say for a black guy, huh? And a white coach. Yep. Yeah, that was a really bad way for me to say that. I'm yeah. black, remember? Just bef- just in case anybody wants to call me racist. Black History Month, bro. <laughs> black History Month. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, they're not going to be able just to force it out of him and just say, hey, go back to being the old Russ that wasn't making a ton of money. And that isn't uh, the husband of Sierra and like a high profile guy. But you know what? If anybody's going to do it. Sean Payton was able to in New Orleans, so I think like they have to. I think yeah, but Sean Payton did it with Drew Brees, who is like the most non like he's the most calm, generic white guy of I do nothing off the field, leave me alone. Yeah, but they also said that he was very prickly when it comes to in like Drew Brees never wanted to teach any new guys. Like I feel like they said Drew Brees like a low key a hole when it came to inside the building. So, but you know, and again, maybe that's okay if you manage to. If Russell Wilson goes back to being what he was before, like not absolute garbage, maybe that's okay. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> but this that he year was he now? was garbage. He was garbage this year. Like there wasn't no questions asked. Like he was bad. And I feel like if Sean Payton can come in and you know what, make an offense around him to really bring out the best in him, I feel like that seventeen million is enough for the Walmart family. I because you know the Walmart family owns. I know. So, yeah, they don't care about the money, so they have plenty of money to burn. 
it's just a lot. Of, they give up draft capital too, like kind of insane. Yeah, it'd be kind of insane. <laughs> uh, that was really bad. <laughs> really bad. Uh, Stop. <laughs> all right, NFL stuff. We have the coaching changes, but I'm not really getting into all that right now. We'll talk about that more. Let's get into the NBA stuff. Have we'll some fun with that. Want to start with the big one, the big Kahuna, Kyrie being traded? Can I say the ESPN ESPN like a? Yeah. Can I'm allowed to say that? <laughs> uh, and we're not making any money, so it's not like they can sue us for it. So I know, ahead. but like, is that a copyrighted sound? Oh, obviously, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no question. Uh, what are we talking about? It the sports ball, NBA basketball. There, the trade deadline is coming up. Um, the big thing that happened was Kyrie getting traded from Brooklyn to go to the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up that story on that just kind of make sure we get the picks right and all that um but Kyrie announced pretty much last Friday um announced that he wanted to get traded because apparently he was trying to get a get an extension um the Brooklyn wasn't really trying to oblige apparently they offered him three years 140 million um with two years two years that uh the first two years the money was guaranteed and on the third year it the money was not guaranteed and it said pretty much you only get the third year if you win a championship in the next two years um, I just felt like Brooklyn was ready for him to go, and they because were going to do whatever possible to make him want to go. played 90 games in three years. He's only played 60% of the games since he's became a Brooklyn Net, for sure. How is that? And that's not only because of injury. That is because of him taking his own hiatuses. But like it's, it's so – I'm not going to pay you the max a max contract when you're not worth max, constant, max contract money. You can't – if you You're can't not trust playing. You, you can't trust you. No, I can't trust you to be here. I right. like I can't trust you for it to be if for it to be um it's the last two weeks of the season we need to win five of these games to make it to the playoffs and you on hiatus like I can't do that right no I completely understand I'd be done with Kyrie too I and I, if I was anybody I'd be I'd be I'd be KD right now I'd be mad I'd be so mad if I was KD right now and what the main question is is KD mad at Kyrie or is KD mad at the Nets that's a big question because if he's mad at the Nets you're gonna he's gonna want to get traded next. But if he's mad at Kyrie um, for the haul that they were able to get for him, I feel like they can manage to maybe make another move. I'll kind of talk about those, what that trade was in a second. But if he's able to do that, I just felt like, you know, I felt if he wants to stay with the Nets and make his own team and probably trade for another guy, he can. They're a more well routed team with the guys they have now. They have Dinwiddie. Who was um, a part of that trade? Who was. He's a very good second option. Okay, so they got Dorian Finney-Smith, who was a really good 3-and-D player from the no, Mavericks. Um, Dinwiddie, and then three draft picks. One first-round pick in 2029, and then a second-round pick in 2029, and then a second-round pick in 2030. So that's all. So it really wasn't a lot, but they also were able, like the Lakers were in on him, and they were also saying the Phoenix Suns were in on trying to get Kyrie. And, they, I, and it's also a story that the owner for the Nets, uh, Joe Os- Joseph Osai, um, was not willing to send Kyrie the to football player. It's Jeffrey Osai. It's it's Osai. You said Joseph Osai, which is my defensive end. Oh, I, I don't know. I forget the name. The owner for the Nets was not willing to send Kyrie to the Lakers because he knew that's what where Kyrie really wanted to go. So he pretty much took the Lakers off the table. And then the Nets, the Nets, uh, what they were Nets were uh, the sorry the Suns were willing, were willing to, to trade wasn't enough. That's what they managed to get, and I feel like they can make a well-rounded team around Kevin Durant, if he decides to say. 
Or if they want to trade that to something else, they can. They can really get another star player if they really wanted to. The fact is, is there's not a lot of teams that are like, hey, we're selling off our great players. And that's not really happening this year. It's not really a buyer's market, but we'll see how it goes. But if KD just says, hey, I want to go, I want to go to somewhere else, then I feel like the Nets are going to oblige at this point because they're like, hey, there's nothing else to lose. But if they get, they can get a lot for KD if he decides to go. But again, I've been, I've been kind of, ba- I've been kind of down on Kyrie for a while now. He's, he kind of said when he did all the stuff with the Mavericks now, he felt like he was disrespected, wasn't treated well. He felt like he was tolerated and not accepted and applauded. And like you said, Jace, he only played like sixty, like sixty percent of his games. There was a whole year where he decided, and I'm, I'm, I can't even blame him, but he decided not to get the vaccine while the rest of the team did, and and he just, and he, so he pretty much had to sit pretty much all, the whole year. And all that being the case, I just felt like, and obviously, we're not even going to talk about the freaking him um, retweeting the movie that had anti-Semitic stuff going on in it. So, like, I felt like there's been many times where he has, he has ruined the trust that the the Nets were trying to give him and they felt like they were behind him for so much of it where he was saying some crazy stuff like, Hey, we don't need a coach and all the other stuff that he was willing to do. The Nets were kind of sticking by him. You have to expect that with everything that he did, it kind of ruined what the, the, the trust that Nets did have in him and where to the point where they're like, Hey, we don't want to do this anymore with you. And I feel like they were really, they were trying to get him out by any means necessary. They were, I feel like they're happier now, now that he's gone because with Kevin Durant being the guy that he is, I, He's not really a dominating force when it comes to being a leader. I feel like Kevin Durant wants to be, he wants to be the best basketball player he can be. And I feel like he doesn't want to deal with the rest of the, everything else, which is good for him. But when it comes to that power vacuum, I feel like Kyrie really wanted to take advantage of that. And when you give a guy like Kyrie the, the chance to do some things like that, he's going to ruin it. And it honestly, everywhere he's been, he's made, he's become the problem. Cavaliers, he ruined that. He pretty much threatened to get knee surgery in order for him not to play if they weren't willing to trade him. Ends up going to Boston, doesn't like it there. He tells them that, hey, I want to have a jersey in the rafters here, and then ends up leaving, um, plotting with Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn. And then here he says three, he says, Hey, I'm a I'm a leader, and then three days later, asks for a trade. I just feel like every everywhere he's gone, he has caused a ruckus and managed to go on the next place. And I feel like I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. And I feel like him going, going to the Dallas, I don't think is going to be a massive help. Like, yes, he's a secondary scorer, but is he going to, is he going to be willing to sit there and watch Luca dribble the air out of the basketball all the time? Because that's how Luca plays. Luca does play like that. And everybody's like, Hey, he's played with James Harden before, but I'm like, Again, at the same time, KD was on that same team and KD was willing to give up some touches in order for James Harden to happen, which I feel like, that kind of fosters a, an environment where other people have to be selfless. But if it's just 23-year-old Luca and then you have Kyrie sitting there wanting, wanting the basketball, you're going to have some issues. And like, and now they play even less defense than they did before. And the only reason that Dallas was able to even get to the Western Conference Finals last year was because they played a lot of good defense around Luca, but he wasn't able to kind of carry the load. But then you add a guy in Kyrie Irving that doesn't really play. He can play some defense, but he doesn't really do it on a on a night in night out basis. No, he doesn't. But he's going to add some scoring. But it's just not going to help in the deficiencies that they had. Other than just having another like Kyrie's going to put on a show. I feel like now he's playing for a contract. He's going to want. He's going to play the best he can. I just feel like this is not going to be enough. 
Um, I feel like this is more just Dallas showing, hey, we're willing to do whatever to try to appease Luka because they don't want to lose him too. Like, I feel like if they lose Kyrie this year, I feel like this they'll be okay if Luka ha- says, hey, I know you're trying. I'm willing to stay long-term because that's the guy they really need to please. And honestly, they did everything possible when it comes to Mark Cuban and their coach, why am I forgetting his name, uh, Jason Kidd, said, hey, this is Luka's team. Bring it in, Kyrie. This is not going to ruin that. But again, it's different when you have Kyrie in the building, man. And it's just he he ethers everything in his wake if things aren't going his way. And like it's taken me a while to really turn into like really come on to that idea. But honestly, if a guy keeps showing you who he is, you kind of have to believe him at some point. And I I'm to the point now where I believe him. He's a guy that just, you know, is always for himself. He's never gonna do what everybody else wants him to do because he's a contrarian. Like that's what he wants to do. So all he's that ba- he's almost a black hole. Yeah. Everybody he, falls into his madness and it's hard to get out of, of that madness. And like you said, I feel bad for KD because I'm like, he's just sitting here hurt for the last few weeks. And he's like, hey, just wait for me to come back. And the Nets were looking really good before he got hurt. And they're like, hey, we can maybe make a conference finals run. And it's just Kyrie decides to screw it all. And if like, I thought that was his best friend, why, why would you do that to your best friend? Like, you could leave after this season and not, like, not lose a thing. Like, you can go side with whoever you want. But he decided to blow the thing up and ask for a trade. So I'm just like, you did that to you, even to your best friend? Like, which they've touted. Like, KD is stuck by him this whole time. KD has pretty much said, hey, I can't control Kyrie. He's never condemned him, even if Kyrie deserved it. Like, I feel like KD's been on his side this whole time, and I feel like Kyrie kind of did wrong by KD, which I feel bad for him. Um, all that being the case... We will be doing the next podcast when it comes to uh, the next podcast will be after the trade deadline. So I feel like a lot of this other stuff we'll kind of get a we'll kind of get a um, a bigger look at what happens, um, especially if a KD deal does, does happen. That'll be a big topic on the next podcast. But let's go on to the next thing. LeBron. LeBron was will now win. I feel like he's. They said he's thirty six points away from being the all times leading scorer in in, in NBA history. Um, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Um, all that being the case, I feel like um, there's a positive and negative to this. Positive, you have a very talented guy doing something very special. I'm glad I'm alive to see it happen. LeBron has been a very talented guy for pretty much his whole career. I feel like this is year 20 now. So, very talented guy. He deserves to have this record, even though he's not. A, he honestly wasn't a scorer. I feel like... A lot of his career, he wasn't. He was focused more on passing. I feel like there was times that people wanted him to be more of a scorer, and he kind of said no to that. But I feel like on the kind of negative side of this, people are now going to use this to be like, hey, this is another thing LeBron has over Jordan. He now is the greatest scorer of all time, and people are going to now turn this as, hey, is LeBron now the best player of all time? Now Look, he has another record. We said it about Brady. You might be the ha- have the records. You might have the fame, but you don't got the wins. I'm just you don't tired. have the wins. It don't matter. I'm just it don't tired. matter. I'm tired of having the conversation. Uh, then stop. Why are we having it? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I that's the, that's where my conversation. Then is. why are we having it? No, because I, that's where it's kind of going on Twitter. Um, I'm tired of the conversation because this has kind of turned into a longevity stat. Yes, it's unprecedented that a guy like LeBron is playing still like this at 36, seven years old. In his late 30s, he's still playing very well. He's an anomaly. He's like that great of a player. But what I don't want. Is a guy as talented as he is pulling off a record as t- as great as this to now be devolved into hey let's let's rehash the best player of all time debate. I feel like at this point, 
you sit on two sides of this debate. LeBron is already two. I don't think anybody would contend LeBron is probably the second best player to ever put on an NBA uniform. But there's also another half where people are like, everybody, nobody would contend about LeBron. But when it comes to him being the best player of all time, like you, you're on two sides of this debate. You with Jordan, and your feet are entrenched, and there's nothing that can be said because guess what? Anybody that's a fan of Jordan's can say six and zero, six and zero in the finals, six um, MVPs, ten scoring titles. Um, the Last Dance was definitely a big help for that. Or you're a LeBron fan, and you're saying, "Hey, everything he's done, stat wise, hey." Yeah, I get he's lost like five times in the finals, but look, he played played be- he played better teams. Look, I feel like either side you're I on, you're this, entrenched. No, you're not going to be this. convinced. If you are the great in basketball wise, if you're the greatest of all time, no one else eats on your watch. Yep, I can name nine different players that ate on on LeBron's watch, including Dirk. Dirk, Dirk was out there icing him <laughs> by himself. Name another player on that Maver- on that Mavericks team, 2011. Uh, Jason Kidd was on that team, which is funny. Who, the f- who was Jason Kidd? I don't know who that is. One of the better point guards of all time. He is now the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Actually, actually no, my NBA fan that. They don't know. <laughs> he got Jason sh- Kidd, very got, good player. He, I know, but he got smacked by Dirk. Like, come on. I think Jason Terry was on the team, too. Who? Now that Jason Terry. <laughs> you, ran, you, ran, you name a random dude's name Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is, <laughs> but yes, the Dallas Mavericks, the San Antonio Spurs. You like you were I, I can even name, though Tim Duncan is a top player of all time. So yes, I'm not going to say that. Cool, he but I can it. name many players that eat on your watch. You let another dynasty happen while you were playing. Jordan never let another dynasty. One, Jordan owned the league for ten. One years. person got to eat on his watch, and that's because he wasn't there. So you didn't True. eat on my watch. You ate. You ate while I was taking a break. Yep. I come back and no one can even touch me. Right. The scoring thing, like, obviously he would score it more points matter. and there's two you years played. worth he would have played. Of course. You played many, many years. He Everybody retired twice. Many years. But it's the idea of to be the in basketball to be the greatest, no one can eat on you. No one ate when, when uh, Wilt Chamberlain was playing. I ate. Jordan feared. Jo- P- Jordan was feared in his era where people did not want to play Jordan anymore. And he, I can't beat him. He owned it. He of course. It. And everybody's, oh, he lost to the Pistons. Yeah. But as soon as that, that clock hit 1990... On December on December thirty first, at eleven fifty nine, that clock struck twelve, and it was January first. It was nineteen ninety. No one else won for the next ten years. J- one person won. He owned it. One person won. Hakeem won. Hakeem Olajuwon won one. It's because Jordan wasn't here yet. wasn't back yet. True. Hakeem wasn't even to watch the league while I was gone. Yep. He came back like nothing happened. Another three peat. Oh, another three peat. Where I went seventy nine and ten. I took a year rest, came back and went seventy nine and ten. Seventy two and ten. Seventy two and ten. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not school. We're not good at math. <laughs> and I, I just came back from my break. Yeah, for sure. And we the best team in the league. They they may no longer hold that, but the Warriors have an asterisk next to that. They have no asterisks. We I went look. there. We never got beat. I've just always contended that Jordan has always reached. There is heights that Jordan has reached as a basketball player that I just don't think LeBron has ever reached no, as a then, basketball then player. Then other people are like, oh, Jordan wouldn't have, wouldn't have won without Scotty. You know, no, 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 no. Cool. True. Jordan, LeBron wouldn't have won without D Wade. 
LeBron wouldn't have won without Kyrie. LeBron LeBron wouldn't won without Kyrie. LeBron would have won wouldn't have won without AD. No one can win alone unless you dirt in the whiskey. Like that's the only dude that wins alone. Apparently. Yeah, him and can. seven dudes named Jason. <laughs> I don't know the rest of them. <laughs> These are new people to me. <laughs> let's be real. Like, let's be real. Oh, like, man. keep it a stack. You <laughs> lost to Dirk uh, Nowitzki, Nowitzki. I don't know. Nowitzki. You lost to a tall white dude yeah. who could shoot threes. Yeah. You, Chris Bosh, and D-Wade lost to him. Yeah. It was three of y'all. And LeBron choked that series. He choked. Exactly. Jordan didn't choke series. Jordan didn't choke. So it's just the idea of you can be the best. I just don't know. I don't. Know you can be the better player, but to be the the greatest player, you need to be be the most winningest. Yeah. You need to win the most. It you it doesn't you it doesn't matter how great how good you are as a player. You were not the best because you couldn't win. I wouldn't even contend that LeBron's a better player than Jordan. No, I wouldn't either. But I just feel like I I just don't get where he became a crime that. Everybody considers LeBron the second best player of all time. I just don't know where that became a crime. I feel like as soon as you say LeBron's number two, people are clutching their pearls. How? How could you possibly put LeBron at two? I'm real. I don't Hold know on. where that time became out, a crime. Out, it's everyone that's from the age of like 28 and under that believes that. I don't think – like as soon as somebody hits 30 because then they're like, oh, no, I, I saw Jordan play for a – for two to well, three I'm years. under 28. I didn't see Jordan play, but I'm like, but there's things I know, that I've that's seen. the thing. Once you like, hit like th- 30 and above, they've seen Jordan play. They know who's the best. Right. It's different, right? You get a lot of guys that are our age saying like, oh, no, no, LeBron's better. Because all they've seen is LeBron. Yeah. But you hit dudes are like, nah, he was black Jesus. No one's ever called LeBron black Jesus. They were saying he was that. He, they were looking for the dude who could float on, who could walk on water, and they found him and had to leave. They found him <laughs> in the documentary. You have a dude who is considered one of the best players of all time. And Ewing and Barkley, like, where's Black Jesus? I found Black Jesus. He was out there flying. Like, we don't say that about LeBron. LeBron's a dominant force. Cool, I can find seven other dudes who are, who are like that. True. They called him Black Jesus. Yeah. They couldn't find another comparison, so they compared him Larry to God. Bird, Larry, Bird, like, Larry Bird said, hey, if there's anybody... Anybody that you can say God with the basketball, that was him. Like, like, it, like, this, like these are guys y'all consider the greatest, some of the greatest. Right. But y'all don't. No, nah, let me tune that out. <laughs> I just don't get it, man. I just don't get where that became a crime. Hey, you're the second best player to ever play basketball. I just don't know where that became a crime. I just don't I, know. Well, how am I sliding you? Right. Y'all, y'all acting like I'm out there, like, like I am, I, like I'm I out am, here shooting people. Yes, I am sliding this man by saying you are the greatest player. You are the second greatest player of all time. Out of these thousands of players that have played basketball, you are the second greatest. Right. That is a slight. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Right. I'm just, I'm just not. My voice hurts. I'm done. I'm not here for it. Podcast over. Not podcast over. I want to talk about one other thing. Um, the LeBron thing. Congrats. He's gonna break the record. Good for him. Longevity stat at this point is what it is. It's the truth. We're being honest. That is longevity stat. He's played for 20 years. Come on, let's not do this. Um, but otherwise, it's not just a longevity set. It's you, not, you do have to be good. You have to be good. Like, you have to score a lot. Like, like, like obviously that. But I'm like, LeBron's been doing this 20 years, man. He yeah. had to do it at some point. Like, it's just it is what it is. But he's playing great right now, which is good for him. It, it is still he's still an anomaly for yeah, playing as great as he is right now. The 1740s, I'd break it too. He's been playing forever. <laughs> he was catching lobs from George Washington. Oh, All right, nice. All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about here. I, I, we kind of got off the football thing, but I want to go back. I, this is one specific thing. Trent Dilfer, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him. He played for the Ravens when they 
He played for the Ravens when they won the 2000 Super Bowl. Okay, just just oh you I, oh you I don't know if you've heard this guy that that was around when you weren't born yet. I feel like the last ten minutes has been of me just bringing up names you don't know. Just just list just hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. My bad. Hear me out. Hear me out. This guy um, was not known as the greatest quarterback. He was not great. He was a tough guy. Got some tough yards running the football when needed. Um, but he wasn't looked at as like the most talented quarterback to ever play. Okay, got it. Ever since he stopped playing football, he has become a quarterback guy. He was doing like the Elite 11s. He was running those camps. Um, he's been known to really try to help the next generation of quarterbacks try to reach their best potential. Okay. I think he's now a coach at some sort of college. But there's recently a video of him kind of talking about how the quarterbacks of nowadays, not, and I'm saying right now, but Brady, um, Breeze, Manning, he said specifically that he is not impressed by them. He said it is easy to do what they do where the rules are they can't be touched. And when you have guys that are able to run over the middle and kind of and like wide receivers, like if they're going to get a catch over the middle, they know they're going to get busted up when I played, right? What I got out of this is straight jealousy. And kind of what I get out of like the old, like when it comes to the old head basketball conversation, hey, the defense is so much different now. I'm like, it's straight jealousy. I feel like a guy like him, Trent Dilfer, who was not a good quarterback of his time. Like he is like not even looked at as like a top guy, even though he's Super Bowl ring. Like he's not looked at as that guy. I sense so much jealousy that he was not able to be born in a time where you have these guys that are more talented than you ever were. Um, that even with the rules kind of slanting their way, nobody like Tom Brady's the best to ever do it. Peyton Manning, I'm on the best to ever do it. Drew Brees. Best to ever do it. And for you to sit there and say you are not impressed by the talent that they are, it's just because of how the rules have shifted their way. I just, I just, it screams jealousy to me. I don't understand it. I don't understand how you, how you as an NFL, like not great, but NFL vet that has played in the NFL, I don't see how you don't look at that and say, I'm glad I got to lay the groundwork for the game to be where it is right now. I feel like he should take a, a sort of pride, as, as well as old NBA players. They should take a sense of pride to be able to say, I helped build where the game is now. And because of what I did, because of what I had to go through, the guys that are now here can now build on top of that and they can be better because that's how it goes. People keep getting better and better. These players get better and better as things start becoming more, like quarterbacks have gotten better over the years. And there's no if ands, or buts about it. These guys that are playing quarterback right now are probably the best who have ever done it when it comes to being the best talents. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you're talking like these are lethal people to play the position. And for a guy like him to kind of talk about how he is unimpressed, like, dude, come on. Like, he, like there's a video of him, like, having an open pocket and missing a straight open wide dude. I'm like, I'm just like I, I just don't get the jealousy. And I'm like, I don't get the jealousy overall when it comes to older versus newer players. I just feel like you're kind of in a in a fraternity that not many players get to be a part of. And I feel like, especially him, because he's been eating off of the fact that he was an NFL player. Like, you should feel grateful and not necessarily be the guy to be ready to kind of shoot your shot against these guys that are much more talented than you. That'll go down in history. They'll be talked about a lot more in history, a lot more than he ever will be. I just feel like there is a sense of jealousy when it comes to older versus newer players that I wish wasn't there. If it was a normal person that never did everything in their lives and they will never be successful and they have that jealousy, I more understand that. 
But a guy that is sit, sitting in a guy like Trent Dilfer's chair, he should be grateful and be like proud of the fact that he got the help build where the NFL is nowadays or where the NBA is. And that's just where that's just like I just hate the jealousy that goes on with that because nobody it's not nobody is like nobody was asking for how Trent Trent Dilfer feels about how quarterbacks are now. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to cry himself to sleep at night because Trent Dilfer is saying how bad he is, how, how unimpressed he is? Tom Brady, you think Tom Brady is anything? He only think Tom Brady knows who Trent Dilfer is. I'm just sitting there like all that being the case, I just don't like the. I just I wanted to mention that I just don't like the jealousy that goes on with all that. And you know, I'm not sure if you have anything to say on that. I don't know. You don't know who Trent Dilfer is. I, know. I wasn't born yet. I was actually born four years later. Well, yeah, I know, I'm, but I'm saying it, uh, when it comes to the. One of the old players versus new players debate. It's just dumb and stupid. I don't really care about. Everybody has it in every sport except for baseball, where that one just kind of up and down. No one really talks about that. The game. I don't think there's any arguing that baseball is harder than it ever was. Well, there's dudes out there throwing nine a hundred. What Emmanuel Classe throws a one hundred one cutter. Right. It's no longer just straight. That thing moves. Like the only thing that people really have a problem with is with the steroid era, but otherwise, players are throwing faster pitches than ever before. People are hitting farther than ever before. They literally have to extend stadiums because they're like, "Hey, it's not far enough," or they have to doctrine baseballs because, "Hey, they're hitting too many home runs or they're not hitting enough." Like these guys are so good. I just don't think there's really any argument about when it comes to, "Hey, these players are more talented than the guys before them ever were." Yeah. But it's but it's, the, it's just dumb. But I, the NBA, NFL, dumb. I just feel like it's the, it's the talk is so toxic. I'm like, why do you have to down somebody else's greatness no. when it obviously is wrong? <laughs> let, let it be. It's, it's dumb. stupid. It's dumb. I don't I don't disagree with you. It's dumb, but it don't matter. Everybody's gonna say it. Who cares? All right, then. That was the last little thing I had. We'll kind of leave leave things here until the next episode. So, sorry we've been gone for a while, guys, but I felt like we got to kind of everything we want to talk about over these last two weeks. Um, we'll do the hat. We'll have another podcast here this week before the Super Bowl, and we'll have our picks, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more. Um, but, but let me say this again: anybody that's listened, this is now episode one hundred and one. On to the next one hundred episodes. Um, so, anybody that's been listening, we appreciate you very much. Anybody that goes goes ahead and shares with their friends, family, we well, thank you very much. But go ahead. Like our podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast five stars. Follow us on Twitter at JV Sports Pod, at Javante Boozer, at Jace Boozer One. And that is pretty much it. I'm going to leave it. Go ahead and hand it off to Jace. This has been the JV Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, you guys have a nice Bye, y'all.